Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to a no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you. It's about last night. Yeah, we man. started. Oh, grab, we did. grab that mic. Oh, wow. It's great to be here. <laughs> what a great apartment you You can adjust that however you yeah. like. And yeah. this is, I will I will say this. This is the first time in a long time I've seen you with a shirt on. Oh, really? <laughs> so it, I'm almost disappointed. You know what? It, uh, it was tough when you used to do that bit where you, you used yeah. to take your shirt I was like, oh, man, he's so cute, and they're going nuts over <laughs> And now they're going to see me take my shirt off. Forget it. No <laughs> way. Yeah, no, a couple of times when I follow him, I was like, oh, forget it. My bit, my bit's going like, you know. to I mean, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, a rule for, ma- for male comics. Like, it's almost like if you're chiseled with six-pack abs, it's, uh, taking your shirt off on stage, not funny. Yeah, mm. but if you're me, if you're you, if you're Burt Kreischer, then yeah. it's like yes, funny, always yeah. funny. Yeah, a, a club a club owner once said to me, Harry, I think it's time to switch to boxers because I used to do risky business, you know. Oh like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I said, a fat man in his underwear is funny, and he said, Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's like, well, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, because uh, and for people who haven't seen your act, for uh, first of all, you got you have to see Harry's act. It's You'll, it, it, it's never boring. That's oh, for sure. It, 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 it's a, I've seen you get off stage at the Laugh Factory. Uh, 20 minutes. You've been on stage 20 minutes. You are dripping in sweat. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody yeah. works harder on stage. Maybe you know, Greg Hahn. I, yeah. I used to open, uh, years ago I opened for Chuck Berry, right? And I'd get off stage and he'd be in the wings and I'm soaking wet. And he would go, were you on yet? You know what I mean? Like, and and, and, and and I go, yeah. And he goes, people do that to me all the time. I come off stage, I'm soaking wet. We on yet? And he did the joke every night, and I had to keep laughing. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry. and Chuck you don't want to yeah. piss off Chuck Berry. Yeah, because yeah, you because you did uh, you opened up for a lot of bands. Like, uh, I read that you were opening up for Chuck Berry, Gloria Stefan, the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, yeah, what? that was pretty cool. Yeah. How did that? How does that happen? You just is it just a straight up agent being like, do you want to open for the I, Beach Boys or back back when? I first hit in town and APA and then uh, William Morris from my agents so they started packaging me with people and mm-hmm. I got I was with Julio Iglesias and I got fired Why, first why'd night. you get fired? Could you sing better than him? Well I used to and you know what I was going to do this whole <laughs> you tour You did a better De Niro? I was going to do this <laughs> I was going to do this whole tour with Julio Iglesias and my mom was this huge 
fan. So I had a I had a I had a Reno date and then I had an Atlantic City date. So my mom was gonna come see him in Atlantic City and she just adored him. Anyway, so uh, William Morris, we had the same agent. They put us together. The first night, I go out there, uh, I rehearse my act, and and I used to close with a flash dance, and I would dump water on my head. Yes. So they were afraid of like all this water getting on the stage. And I said, you know, put a big piece of carpet, and it'll soak up the water, and then I'll strike my props and I get out of there. Right. Well, somebody decided to tape it down with this double stick tape. Right. Oh, so you couldn't so take all, the carpet off. All the, no, the carpet came off, oh. but the tape stayed. Oh. Now all my props are gone and there's big swatches of double stick tape on the stage and Julio comes out oh, the girls I love and he gets stuck <laughs> he gets stuck to the tape and he stops singing and he looks in the wings and he goes my foot is stuck to the floor <laughs> Does he, does he always sound like a vampire? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, that's also Bella Lugosi. That's also Bella Lugosi. Yeah, yeah. But it happens three more times. He oh literally God. stepped out of his shoe. The shoe stayed there. And uh, they had told us before the show, hey, there's going to be a big party backstage. And my wife, uh, Laura, was just like my girlfriend at the time. So we go. We didn't know about the whole thing with the shoe yet and all that. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so we go backstage and they go, oh, no, no one's coming back. It's not happening. Meanwhile, there's like 30 people going oh, by us, you know? This is like sitcom style. And then the next day, we got, I got the call, and I'm told about that. And I, and I used to do a bit Aliens, where I would have a Mexican burst out of my chest. Like, what? You know, like I like to be- Like a, a prosthetic toy? Yeah, yeah. So it was like a spoof on an Aliens uh, so uh, awesome. coming attraction. So between the Aliens bit and him getting stuck to the floor, uh, they said, we don't need you tonight. You're, you, know, you know, Wow. And the thing is, my flight, I couldn't get a flight till the next day, and I had to hang around the hotel. <sighs> And uh, so you know, and, and avoid people. And sure. we got we got into an elevator. Uh, he, we found out he was on the same floor, and they were holding the elevator for him. And there was this old woman who just like just couldn't wait to like see him. And so they put him in another elevator. And my wife Laura and I get into uh, the elevator with the old woman. She says, "I'm his biggest fan. I'm going to see him tonight. <laughs> I saw him last night." And my wife goes, "What do you think of the comedian? Awful." <laughs> <laughs> Office. She didn't even like wait. What do you think of the awful, <laughs> honey? Honey, wrong crowd. You should right die. Here. Should you die right, right now. If I if, if he were standing right here in front of me, I would. Mm. Why I oughta? Oh my god, that's insane. Is there a difference opening for music acts versus like just being at like how, what sort of requirements? Like, will they well, I'm, say? I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I have music in the acts. So yeah, hug this even more if you want. Yeah, you know, like if. If you know, you can pull this once. Once the bit gets going and there's music playing, I got them. But if if they're just there to see the band and you go up there and you start to talk about yourself or whatever, yeah. they're like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, fuck you, get off the stage. Dude, that's the experience. Uh, Any band I ever, well, I mean, up until recently, but when I first started in like colleges, that's what I'd be doing. It's like opening for frat uh, bands that were playing at frats because it was the only I wasn't uh, didn't have the wherewithal to leave school and go do comedy clubs. And also, I was just kind of keep one foot in, one foot out. So it's like I'll open for bands at these frat parties but it was like the, the show would always start like an hour late people yeah. just want to see their friends the band no one knows who I am as a com comedian and people in college when they think of a comedian they're thinking of the people that they know and famous yeah. people yeah, not thinking, thinking like, of oh, a fellow student Adam Sandler's gonna come in yeah. you're like mm, no, not no, exactly uh, close yeah. Yeah, you got well, the first name right Jewish Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adam and Jewish <laughs> yeah. but they're not there to see comedy they're there to right. see the oh, band yeah. so, Never so, went well. so I fucked up a couple of times like the Beach Boys I opened for them a couple of times and then in Reno no, it was Tahoe, and the tech guy was like, "Hey, man, could you do Scarface tonight?" And I, you know, I did this bit. Scarface sings 
the best of Billy Joel. So I'm like, it's nine o'clock on a fucking Saturday, you know? <laughs> so I do this That's in front brilliant. of the Beach Boys audience and they didn't want me the next time because I did the curse word and their kids were in the, the Beach Boys actual oh, grandkids wow. were in the audience. So I was like, and stupid me, I just didn't think, you know? Yeah, because uh, you, you have to think not that, because we always kind of put ourselves in front of comedy audiences yeah. who are like the loud, late, raucous yeah. audiences, not Beach Boys you know, where it's like, yeah, that's the family concept. Right, right. But also, when when I started out, you know, you weren't afraid about screwing up and losing a gig like you are today. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you know, guys, you know, they're, they're very politically correct today. And, and a cruise ship, uh, guys can get fired from a cruise ship just for, you know, talking yeah. about pot or colleges, you know. Uh, my, I don't know if you ever did colleges. Yeah. They're the worst. They're, you know? they're, they're awful. Yeah. It, it, it's, I've, I've heard... I don't do colleges anymore, but I know a lot of comics that do, and I've just heard absolute horror stories. Yeah. My favorite one was, uh, I think it was from uh, Darren Carter. Uh, Darren Carter, party starter. Yes. Shout out to the rooster. Uh, you can't say his name without saying party, yeah, party starter. starter. He, he, he really has brilliantly branded yeah. himself. Yeah. And uh, he and just like, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man, the Muffin Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know the Muffin Man who lives, who lives on Drury Lane? You yeah, have to keep saying it. Yeah, I mean, if the yeah. Muffin Man and Darren Carter, the party, party starter, starter. Could, could do some sort of combo <laughs> act. So Darren told me that he was at a college one time and uh, he like forgot a line or something happened, and he just said, "Oh God, weird," and they stopped the show because he said, "Oh God." Oh wow! And I'm like. What I, I did a I did a NACA uh, showcase got a standing ovation mm -hmm. killed uh, but I did a pretty woman bit you know where the music is playing yep. and and I hold up the big jewelry box and I have the girl that I pulled on stage stick her hand in a closet it. and then funny. I react like something behind me and I pull a gerbil out of my ass you know like a stuffed <laughs> gerbil. Well, because the of views that, of Harry Basil do not necessarily reflect they, those of the About Last Night podcast, and we love you, Richard Gere. Please come yeah, on the podcast. <laughs> well, they, 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 no matter how much I killed, they yeah. blackballed me, so they said no one was allowed to book me that week. So that whole trip was for nothing. Wow. But yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get one gig out of it. I had to pay to go there, pay the entryway, and yeah. everybody wanted me, but they said no because of uh, because he because he simulated a fake gerbil being yeah, in his butt. Yeah, yeah. And 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 incidentally, if you ever do need to get a fake gerbil, go to Petco and just buy like <laughs> yeah. a, a cat toy and take the plastic out for a minute, and it stuffs very easily in your underwear, and no one can. I mean, tell what it is. hot tip from Harry Basil Damn. right there. Yeah. Now, and and I would say this because I, like I was I was starting to say that at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> where um if if people haven't seen your act uh you you like you've been describing you, you kind of reenact scenes from movies but then you right. put, but, but then you put a twist on them. almost like what what's his name james corden is doing when he has a celebrity on and they act yeah. out all of their movies right i've been doing that in like three minutes yeah i've been doing that forever and yeah and uh goes from music from one movie to another movie to another movie and i yeah. pull people out of the audience and use them it's a show it, it, it's a complete show this is not i mean would you call yourself a prop comic it, it, yeah i guess so but i'm I, I i call myself more an impressionist you know and then i use the props to make whatever the bit is visually you know it's yeah. not like i it's not like i hold up a prop and and, and that's the wrote joke. a joke about it yeah. right so like as an actor if it helps to have a gun in my hand or uh uh movie credits like when i do star wars i created yes the opening credits right and stuff like that it just adds to it yeah because I feel that when people call, when comics describe prop comics, there's a bit of like, eh, fucking prop comic, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, stuff like that. But I admire prop comics. I admire anyone that can see 
something and, and whereas i have to write a joke you right. have to see a joke or you have to see an object and know how you can use that in a joke and i i i, I think it's a separate talent and it doesn't it, like it's like okay did the audience laugh right yes mission accomplished also I have, a lot, I have a lot of deductions weird deductions you know it's like <laughs> if i try if i try a new bit it might cost me like you know you know twenty dollars to five hundred dollars i built a time machine uh and what? It, it, i remember this and i had it at the comedy store in yeah. that back room a delorean and, right and, well no it was just this weird machine oh, okay. that i made with smoke machines and lights and strobe lights and when back to the future was out what i did was i went back in time and i would coordinate this with whoever was on two acts before me and I'd ask them to stick around and I, the music would play and the lights and the yeah. smoke machine and then the lights would come on and whoever was on two acts before me was on stage in the middle of their act again doing a bit that the audience already saw them do. And then I'd come wow. out from behind the curtain and I'd, I'd tap them on the shoulder and go, Harry, what are you doing? You're not on yet. Yes, I am. You know, <laughs> I, I did my time machine bit and we went back into your act. What are you talking about? I said, you've been on already. They've already seen you, you know? <laughs> and, and, and some guys were cool. You know, yeah. they were good actors. Like Blake Clark was great. Tom Wilson did it with me once. Oh, oh, oh Tom Wilson did it yeah, with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. It's amazing. And, yeah, he uh, played Biff, for those of you who don't yeah. know. And, uh, and uh, then I was another guy I asked to do it, and he just didn't help. And I said, ah, oh, fuck it. I can't depend upon anyone else, you know? Yeah. That, I guess it, it is you're rolling the dice by yeah, 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 yeah. hoping that the person just But it was a kind of a ends. crazy idea. Where do you even come up with ideas like that? I, I feel like you're, I mean, it's, you know, you're always wanting to push yourself creatively in this business. And I feel like you've been doing that from the get-go, yeah? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, got, you look at guys like Andy Kaufman, right? And how bizarre and strange he was. And he would try things on TV like he didn't even test it in a club he would do things on TV and then you'd see the actual response like in, on the Letterman show or something like nobody that nobody does that yeah nobody does that or takes chances like that I think uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is the closest yep. to him you know it's a little yeah. Andy Kaufman and also Peter Sellers you know which are two great people to be compared to I remember once uh, uh, I did a bit and I had a growth and I and I and it was the '80s, and there, people were dressing like uh, Don Johnson in uh, Miami right. Vice, right? Lots of white. So suits. that song was very popular. I had a pink shirt with the three buttons, and I had the the light jacket, and I had the growth. And I said, "All right, tonight I'm just gonna go on stage, and I'm just gonna shave. You know, the music is gonna play. I'm gonna come out <laughs> looking really cool. And I had a bowl of wa hot water, and I just shaved, and that was all I did. And the music ended, and I was done. And I walked off stage, and Mitzi goes, "What the fuck was that?" I said, "Oh, it's just." Just a weird bit like like Andy Kaufman. Well, he's dead. Don't fucking do it again. So I never did it again. Oh but you know, God. you took chances. Yeah, you thought, yeah well, like why? Like why not? And that and, and now in that time you could take a chance because I, I I feel like back in those times when you when you performed, your performance lived in that moment and that moment only. Yeah, and you were trying to get. You know, you know that was my one shot at SNL. Was SNL something? I mean, was it as glorified then as it is now? Like and prestigious to kind of like for comics. Like at the well, store this was right after um, that one season that had um, Anthony Michael Hall, Hall and uh, Julie Robert Dreyfus, Downey Jr. Robert Downey right? Jr. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think the they only kept a couple of people from. Mm -hmm. Uh, from then and, and Lauren came back so it was a big deal and everyone was saying oh this is so cool Lauren Michaels is back again and I had a contract I still have the contract somewhere and it was like 700 a week or something that I was going to get it was shitty money yeah no no maybe it was more than that maybe it was like 1700 you know uh, so it, it was already preset what you were going to get right you know? I still I still feel like it's 
at least from what I've heard, is that it's it is not great money, but it's it's about the opportunity, and you know they kind of know that like, oh, really? You don't want to you don't want to take that amount of money? Well, somebody else will. And First of all, it could mm-hmm. lead to movie stardom yeah. and or sitcom, or if you're stand up and you're a great stand up, you can make great a lot of work. fucking money. I mean, John Lovitz sells tickets. Uh, uh, a lot of those SNL yeah. guys they sell like crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. Did, is there? How do you start to? We've had a lot of great impressions, uh, impressionists on, and we're always so curious. Like, where do you even start to figure, uh, figure out you can do that? Like, are you? You know, like most of us, you're practicing the mirror by yourself. Some you could. Like, I was doing impressions since I was like in the second grade, gotcha. and the first thing I ever did was like uh, I was doing like. Um, get smart and you know just characters that you saw on tv not the real person but just those characters and i would always do that and then i'd impersonate you know teachers or when i was a waiter they're always funny for stuff like that always funny when you when when you impersonate a teacher right right but then but then also you know you realize hey i can do this voice or you know i could do this face but sometimes when you see another guy do an impression you go oh that's how you do that like I, i i work with this guy jimmy carroll and he would do ray liotta and i know just saying you know and I heard him do it, and his voice sounded a little like Ray Liotta. So I realized, okay, I'm going to do a bit of the dialogue from the movie, but Karen, Karen, why did you do that, Karen? I'm sorry, Henry, they were in the house. They never would have found it, Karen. Why did you do that? Why yeah. did you do that? And and then I, when I watch the movie and I go, all right, let me get a little bit more like that. But I learned from the other guy. There's a guy named Max Koch. He's a brilliant impressionist. If you ever get a chance, Google him. He does James Gandolfini. And oh, shit. He, I saw he does this thing with his mouth, and, it, and it's like, he does this thing like, hey, Christopher, what the fuck is going on here? So I said, oh, that's what you do with your mouth, and then the voice can come out of that. Anytime I've seen impressionists transform their face, obviously yeah. Jim Carrey, the ultimate oh, example yeah, yeah, of that, yeah. but like, I mean, you do it a bunch too. It's really, that to me is the next level shit. Well, everyone's doing... Jay Moore's uh, um, oh, Christopher Walken, yeah. right? Yeah, everyone uh, does. Uh, and, and Pollock does a great one too. Right. But but and then Pollock Pollock has even said on his podcast that he learned his from Jay Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and then even though uh, Rich Little has been doing Johnny Carson for years, everybody started doing Dana Carvey's. Uh, uh, right, uh, uh, you know, um, One of some weird, wild. Yeah, that stuff. is weird. That is wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, Dana, I know you guys have had Dana on. And, yeah, a few uh, times. I had dinner with him a couple months ago, and he was talking about you guys and how much oh, really? he loves you. Oh, cool. And then we were talking about the church lady. He goes, "Well, do you know these guys, Brad Williams and Adam Ray? They want to write a script." And I said, "Oh, they're so funny. You should, you should do it, man. Uh, well, church you. lady movie would be be awesome." Yeah, there's certain characters that I feel like. I mean, look, A, we're tied to it, like, nostalgia-wise, just because it's, like, what you come up on. And But then I feel like the transcend time and that, that we're so brilliant, but, like, we're limited in, in their exposure and what, like, you know, uh, the possibilities of where that character could live. I mean, there's probably so many. I mean, I feel like even Wayne's World, like, you could be, I don't know if there's a, a show there, but, like... Who wouldn't want like? There's certain characters you just want to watch for long, like the the, yeah. the cheerleaders. Oh, like I'd like to see where those guys are now. I'd for like to sure. see where Wayne and Garth are at this age. Oh my! Whether God. they have kids or or, or whatnot, it's fun fun. To or like about one that. of them running for president yeah, or working yeah, yeah. for somebody in the campaign. Like there's uh, there's a million I think scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you you uh you talked about Jim Carrey. Yeah. You 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 did a really early showcase with him, didn't you? Like um, like in Vegas, it was like it, it, it was you Carrey. 
Dice and Louis Anderson. That was the opening of uh, that was the opening of the of the comedy store, the Dunes Hotel. It was the and and I've got this. I think we were on the cover of a magazine, and it says "Unknown Band of Zanies Invade the Dunes," wow. and it was May fourth, nineteen eighty four, and that was my birthday. So I was twenty four years old. Okay. So here I am playing Vegas. And I'm closing the show. I'm like the. F- this is your first time doing Vegas. This is my first time doing Vegas. I'm the, I'm the last guy, and I'm on with Dice, Louis Anderson, Jim Carrey, oh Paul Rodriguez, uh, Blake Clark, and Argus. And Mitzi had me me close, and I was a headliner my first week. I went from having nothing, eating macaroni and cheese, to like you know making thirty five hundred a week. Which is no know? knock on mac and cheese, Kraft. Yeah, yeah, We'd yeah, love yeah, for you to yeah, sponsor yeah, the yeah. podcast. Sure, please uh, do. I want to hear real quick. I mean that lineup is bonkers, but. And we can all share our first Vegas. And you have so kindly provided uh, Brad and I to be able to do Vegas regularly, which is never lost on me is how exciting it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the oh, first you time, guys are great. Mm. But it's like that room, the shows at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, which if you ever get a chance to uh, go there for all of your comedy needs, uh, it's the best club. And it, It's great comics. It, 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 it's a great setting. That room is fantastic. The room is one of the comedy. best rooms I've ever performed mm. in. Yeah, because the ce- the ceiling's low. you got the bar in the background. The are good. You have all the decorations around. Mm. You have uh, uh, Jerry's bar or a the Dean, Dean and Jerry's Jerry bar. bar. Yeah, all, the, all, yeah. all my dwarves are hot. Yeah. It's really like it's <laughs> they are. And uh, but like the first time I remember playing Vegas, I was just like I couldn't even fucking believe. It. I was you know that it was cool just to be there. But then the first time that like I I drive in and see and Brad, you can attest to this when you see yeah. your you guys do have a great marquee right on the strip, and it's right on the strip, and yeah. the video and your face and like man. I almost cried because it was so. Oh, that's cool, man. It was it's so just, um, you know, uh, not just a notch in the belt, but that's like a big. Even even uh, just growing up, you before even stand up became like a, something I was going to go into. You just know about the allure of like performing on Vegas, sure, and, and, and the billboards, and, yeah. And, the, and you remember well, those old marquees that would have the Rat Pack yes, yeah. and Don Rickles and like all, Tom Jones is here. Yes, that's all it was. Yes, is, is it just here, said yeah. Tom Jones is here, and yeah. you're like, wow. Now I'm now I'm up there. I yeah. mean, the fact that we were across from guys. David Copperfield, like you know, that's well, bonkers. billing is really cool. Rodney taught me about that. Rodney always when I opened for Rodney at Rodney Dangerfield uh, at for you uh, and, uh, people that don't know anything. For you dummies, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, when I opened for Rodney at Bally's, I got billing, you know, on the market, you know, to Rodney Danville and mm-hmm. Harry Basil. And then when he started playing the MGM before the digitals, they just had a big dirt train that they put up with his cartoon character. So he was like, man, they're not going to give you billing. I'm sorry, man. You know, and I was like, all right, it's cool. You know, but then it was I didn't mind because I used to play the club across the street and they used to get mad if I was there the week afterwards. So now I could still do it. And also people would see my name and they'd ask me for comps and Ryan's right. tickets were a hundred bucks so I couldn't get them. But when I when we opened the club, even though it's an expensive cutting a new video every week and doing the artwork I'm you know it's, it's important to have the com- the headliners up there on the marquee yeah you know, and it is a big deal it is and it makes deal. you look professional right it it, it 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 makes you look like oh that's a spot where I should go watch comedy uh, and it sells tickets if you're famous or you're hot you know or the yeah. people recognize you some some weeks we you know listen the club does great and some weeks we do great business with just a lesser known because uh, the brand the Laugh Factory mm-hmm. brand it's like Starbucks but then if you have somebody who's recognized and draws uh, it's great you yeah, want to have them much, up as much as you can like sure. when we had Brad a couple weeks ago I yep. actually went a little extra and and did uh, a digital package around town on all the Lamar billboards wow and then we had one on 
do no dwarf sell yeah. tickets, they dude. Do sell tickets, <laughs> hey, put a midget on a billboard. Famous ones, dude. Yeah. And there's only one. It's like sure. <laughs> I gotta sure. admit though, but before you came in, yeah. I was there and I and I was like walking around the room and going, okay, so we're gonna be able to see him, right? Because when Tanya Tanya Lee Davis comes, yep. we have to put a platform. But you're Who's taller. That? She's uh, a little. Tanya, yeah, Tanya Lee Davis is the as as. The only other truly touring, working dwarf comedian. And uh, she's older than me, and she's definitely an influence, and she's amazing. And she's hilarious. She's yes. strong. She's so funny. funny. She's dirty. But she's really tiny. And, yeah. you know, that stage has been lowered. You know, uh, the history of the room is Rodney opened up the club in the 80s. It was called Rodney's Place. And he's the first one to put a comedy club in, in the Tropicana. And then it was the Comedy Stop for 25 years. And then it, was Brad, the trop, yeah. then it was Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. Well, Brad is like seven foot five so they lowered the <laughs> stage so his head wouldn't hit the um yeah, the, the curtain that was hanging yeah. but now it's lower so if you have comedy comedy below the waist like i do like when i would drop my pants and it was a packed crowd only the front row could see it unless it was on the cameras oh, you know like shit. they can't see it because the heads of everyone in black and so i was actually moving around the room and going oh he's way taller he's way taller we don't need <laughs> a lot of times it's like okay well if, if, if it's just my floating head then yeah. I can't do a lot of like And if you do a bit material. where you're showing humping or something funny or physical, yeah. it's going to get lost. But we have cameras too and the, and the yeah, guy that will helps. cut, he'll cut to a side angle or something like that. But uh, That's another uh, element of just the room that's really professional and, and you don't um, see in a lot of rooms, you know? What's that? The the, uh, the, the, the monitors. Oh, and yeah, the cameras. yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, yeah. And we also people, because there are some, you know, the, the way the room is, there can, I mean, there's no bad seat, but even being uh, in the back in the corner, <clears throat> it does help to have those monitors if you, it's also fun. Like, it's like being in a concert. You like to look up and see like a close-up of what's going on. Yeah, mm -hmm. and if you're starting to talk to someone in the audience and we have the camera on it, the guy, you know, I have an eight-channel eight, eight switcher, like a, yeah. like a studio. I mean, you could actually shoot. A TV show, if the cameras were better, you know, 4K cameras yeah. plugged mm -hmm. into it, you know. Now you've been, you've been obviously both a performer and now a comedy booker and performer, so you've been on all sides of it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of young comics li uh, listen to this show. Uh, what is what 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 is the best way to get noticed by a comedy booker? You know. People always ask me today whether it's tougher or harder, you know, mm -hmm. and I say both. There's different there's different aspects. Years ago, like, you know, maybe in the 80s and obviously even before that, when you started, there weren't as many uh, things to watch. So if you did Tonight Show, you could be a star like the next day. Right. You know, uh, uh, Drew Carey's the last guy I remember doing the Tonight Show and then getting a deal and everybody knowing who he was. Oh, my God, that guy last night with the glasses who did the thing with his tie. Uh, now, you know, you can meet a comic and... And they go, oh, have you ever been out? Yeah, I've done The Tonight Show 30 times, and you still don't know who the guy is. Yep. Mm -hmm. But today, you can do something on your phone, and it could go viral, or you can yeah. be, you know, like Russell Peters, obviously YouTube uh, helped uh, yeah, Russell Peters. Russell, uh, MySpace Johnson, was Dane, yeah. was Dane, right. you know? And, um, and also even just trying to get a gig. I remember one time uh, before the club, you know, I was involved with the Laugh Factory Club and all. I, I, I didn't have much work. And somebody uh, uh, somebody sent me an email. I think it was Jimmy Walker sent me an email. And he attached like 90 people to it, right? So I looked to see who the other people were. And it was all these bookers. And I was going, holy shit, look at... I haven't been in that club in years or this and that. So I've got all these freaking emails. And then I had a clip. So I, I sent a couple of emails and I said, hey, Brad, I, you know, I think it was the comic strip. How you been? I haven't mm -hmm. been there in years. Uh, I'm back on the road again. He goes, I had a fall. I have a fallout next week. Do you want to do it? And if I didn't 
you know have a clip ready to send uh yeah. you can get a gig like that yeah. or, so so have so have a package so ready. So, yeah. so people can go on facebook comics right. can go on facebook and say hey I'm, I'm this uh comic now of course we have professionals i mean if you can't even get on stage in hollywood we're not going to book you in las vegas where people are paying 59 dollars a ticket yeah. and they see a, a even if you're a host you got to be a professional you got to be a working professional but that said i still will look at tapes and look when well, i say tape everyone says tape yeah, yeah. i'll look at YouTube clips clip, yeah. now you so, have there's been a few so, buddies of mine that i've asked to bring the host and you kindly look yeah them. Now i think you use some of them in but your get a professional clip don't have a f iphone somebody shooting you don't send that to quality someone. matters and don't cut like a montage of you on stage in this club this club and this club who gives a shit about that right you want to see consistency you want to see five solid minutes that you can hold an audience not you doing one joke here i, I can't believe how many clips i see oh really of of acts like they cut together they're at the because maybe they were on a bringer show you know at the uh, end. so they like just think it's cool there. they yeah. just think it's cool to be on that stage so they'll do one joke there and i'm going well i don't know how your set is because you're right. just going from here to here now it's one thing to do that with tv shows like you on the tonight show you on sure you know, that's a little conan different. that's yeah. different because you've already cool. gone through the you, vetting process because now you're going holy shit look yeah at but the nobody wants to see guys. a clip of like you at hooters and then you at quiznos <laughs> and yeah. you in the parking lot of a exactly. denny's and you in your grandma's basement exactly especially since you probably did the same routine yeah. at all five of those yeah. places just cut the best one you know yeah um in you 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 briefly mentioned rodney earlier uh, you were his opening act for seventeen years. Seventeen yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. How did you How did you meet Rodney Dangerfield? I I was uh, Rodney was doing a young comedian special. Now back then, ninth uh, annual, right? Yeah, ninth annual. Yeah. So there were a bunch of these young comedian specials, and there had been eight before. I think they did one at the comedy store that Carl Reiner hosted. I think that was like maybe the sixth. So Rodney was hot, you know, uh, back to school. Uh, I don't think he had done back to school yet. He had done Caddyshack and he had done um, uh, Easy Money. And they were giving him, you know, his, he was going to host this one special. And he goes, all right, I'm going to do it at Dangerfields in the city. So he handpicked all the guys. And, uh, you know. Bob Saget. Bob uh, Saget. Sam Kinison. You. Louis uh, Anderson. Louis Anderson. So, Rita, you know. Rita Rudner. Yakov Smirnoff. Rita Rudner. Yeah. The infamous Rita Rudner. We we make Rita Rudner jokes on this podcast all the time. Oh wow! So like we we have we have she's to become know. a a a callback reference out of envy. I mean, we think she's great. Well, we it's just so funny. It's I'm almost like Beetlejuice. We say it enough. Maybe she'll appear on the podcast. She uh, she may rent the uh, <clears throat> seven o'clock spot from us on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because Rich Little is dark. Yeah. So I'm looking for another like legend like that. You know that yeah. lives in town. So so well, she lives in Vegas. She lives in Vegas. Yeah, and she had one of the first residencies i mean i think uh I think it was uh, new york new york or uh, something? red yeah red fox had his for years at the yeah. hacienda and then she was the next big residency you know? <laughs> My, sorry to interrupt but red there there's a story there's a mm -hmm. legend of red fox in I vegas i know that story okay okay so all right and and, cor and correct me if i get it wrong okay okay so red fox you know sanford and son mm -hmm. legend uh, he is performing in Vegas. He is drunk off his ass. And he's got a packed showroom for his show. And they say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Red Fox. And the band kicks in with the music. Dun -dun -dun -dun. Dun -dun -dun. And Red is stumbling out to the microphone. Just you, And you can tell he is just beyond drunk. And he gets up to the mic. The audience is all quiet. And he, and he, and he just goes... 
I am fucked up. Turns and starts walking off stage, and the band goes, Dan it, Dan it, Dan it, Dan it. Red Fox, everybody, you paid your money, you saw Red Fox, right, go back out and gamble. Now, that's that's the context <laughs> of the story, but the story that I heard, and okay. Billy Crystal told it, was that, well, first of all, they're an automatic pilot, that they say that, ladies and gentlemen, Red Fox yes, when he yeah. comes on, and ladies and gentlemen, Red Fox when he goes off and plays the music. Well, he had a small crowd. It was like nobody in the audience, okay, right? Okay, so, okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Red Fox, Danny comes out, what? 15 people. I am performing for, get your fucking money back, right? Walks off stage. Ladies and gentlemen, red <laughs> fox. I like that one better. But jumping ahead from the Rodney special, I did another special with Rodney a few years later, and he wanted Red Fox to be in it, right? So he goes, man, Red would be great in this if he, you know, like as a small part, but I know he's got a show. So Rodney calls him, and, and he had him speaker for Red, man, it's Rodney. Hey, Rodney, how are you? He goes, listen, I'm doing a special. You'd be great. Are you dark on Mondays? Rodney, I'm dark every motherfucking day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god perfect yeah. that, i love it who were, who were your influences when you got into comedy when i was a kid i loved jerry lewis uh i loved abbott and costello i loved Me movies too. i like those silly movies yeah. and then you know i never really watched stand-up you know like i like uh, even the tonight show uh when you know i mean i, I liked brenner brenner made me laugh David robert brenner, klein yeah. was the mm -hmm. first stand-up that i noticed uh, oh a guy writes material he's talking about himself and this and that and uh i loved robert klein and he was the first hbo special um but uh, Mel Brooks really inspired me a lot yeah. because of spoofing, you know, and, and yeah. that's what I do. I spoof movies and, and stuff like that. Uh, and I love Rich Little, too. I mean, only because of impressions, you know, and then I saw other comics can do impressions later on. But when I came out to L.A. and, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to be an actor. I didn't think about being a stand up. And uh, but I was always a funny kid and, you know, class clown and could always make people laugh. And as a waiter. Uh, some of the stuff I wound up doing on stage, I was doing for my customers. Of course. You know? So somebody uh, said to me, uh, hey, you know, the, the comedy store has uh, uh, Monday night, it's free to get in. You, you see the amateurs, and then you stick around and you watch the pros go on, you know, in the OR and, and whatnot. So I went and I saw Jim Carrey and Dice, and they both used music in their act. And mm -hmm. Jim did impressions and he did bits and he used props. And I was like, shit, I could do something like this. So I put something together and then went the next week and auditioned and Mitzi hired me. Immediately? Yeah, yeah, but but this is the thing. I didn't use music. I hummed it, okay? <laughs> I wasn't into music as a kid. Uh, yeah. I didn't have a stereo. I didn't grow up with a stereo or listen to music or anything like that. So I did this Indiana Jones bit. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was like, you know, I think it was the second movie. And I... I filled up a garbage bag with air and made it a boulder. <laughs> I had a jacket with spiders sewn on the back and a hat, you know. <laughs> dun, 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 ah, boulder, right? And it was just ridiculous and very childlike. And Mitzi mm -hmm. loved it and hired me. So now I'm I'm am I'm, I'm the doorman. I'm making twenty five dollars as a doorman, and I'm getting spots out in Westwood. Do you quit your waiter job? I uh, quit my waiter job. Yeah, awesome. and then Mitzi um, hired me as the runner. And I didn't have a car. I had a I had a Honda Passport. Nice. So my prop bag was this big. It was like three <laughs> inches. It was a small bag. It was only what could fit on the Honda Passport. So as the runner, I got to use the the, the comedy store truck, which I actually killed it. I, I ran it into the ground. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to drive a stick. I said I did, and I didn't. It fucking of course, you always say you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I heard, say I can play squash on my resume. And it was David Letterman's. It was David Letterman's truck. He sold it to the comedy store, and then they're like, "Oh, you fucking killed Letterman's truck." But um, but I remember. Mitzi 
Bootsy wanted me to get something at Tower Records on uh, Sunset yep. Boulevard, and I'd never been in there before. And I went, like, again, I wasn't into music. I go in there to get something for her, and I see the section of soundtracks. I didn't even know that you could buy soundtracks to movies. And we haven't been around music. And I'm 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 in the aisle, and it was like that Zolly shot in Jaws when he's on the beach and the kid is getting eaten. Yeah, that's called zooms a Zolly. It zooms in and yeah. pulls back at the same time, you know. So as they're zooming in, the, the, the they're they're pulling it back yeah, on yeah. the track. And I'm and I just start grabbing albums, and I'm grabbing Rocky, and I'm grabbing Jaws, and Superman, and Risky Biz. I could do this, you know, and and Yentl, and like I'm just I'm buying all these. And uh, Laura was my just friend at the time. We weren't even dating and she had a stereo with a cassette player you know that you could record yeah so that's what i would do is i'd play the cue and hit record and then like okay that's good enough and i'd pause and then i get the next cue ready and i cut it together holy shit so now i've got this act i'm going to try for the first time and westwood closed okay so mitzi had comedy store in westwood yeah so she had to give me a spot in uh in the or and i'm on really late i'm on at like 11 o'clock and i'm following Richard Pryor, Ro- Rodney, and Robin Williams. So one, a bunch of nobodies. One right oh after God. another. One right after another. And I'm Harris all crushing, yeah. And, and Harris Pete was the uh, was the uh, MC that night, right? So I'm nervous. Like you know, a lot of people were walking out, and, and I went. And it's the first night I did my Rocky bit and all that, and I got a standing ovation. And Mitzi was still there, and she grabbed me by the hand and goes, "You're not the fucking runner. You're a fucking headliner." And that wow. weekend, I was in both shows in the OR and both shows in the main room. There were two shows a night in both rooms, and she would take me. Thank God, I had four eggs in my bag because i was <laughs> able to do a rocky bit you know and then i was and then vegas opened like you know a month later so next thing you know i'm headline in vegas holy shit yeah it was cool it did was robin cool. or, or uh richard see your act i mean did you chat richard with used to lo- love to watch my robin followed me a couple of times in the in the main room and he would use my props so i'm standing oh, in the back wow. of the room in rocky trunks with my pants on stage and my shoes on stage yeah. And Robin's doing an hour, and he's just like, "Harry, do you mind?" And everything wound up by his penis. Like he, you know, I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a blowtorch because I did flash dance. Oh, oh, look at this! And everything would always wind up by his penis. But it's so great to see him just pick up something and put it on his head and do a character. Well, because I mean, I mean, his idol is Jonathan Winters, and there's that yeah. great clip of Jonathan Winters. I forget what on, on maybe in the Mike Wallace with, show with a stick. Yeah, just a stick. Yeah, and they just hand, Jack Parr hands him a stick. Jack Parr, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And they just hand Jonathan Winters a stick and said, this guy's really funny. He, he can just do things. Like, just hand him a stick. And then Jonathan Winters goes off on like... He does a fisherman. He does a fisherman bit. He does a... Yeah. Getting shot with an arrow. You yeah. Know, he does like conductor. seven minutes yeah. of, of, of just comedy with a stick. And it's it's just insane. Comedy with a stick. <laughs> right. It's at the mall. Yeah. yeah. Hot dog on his yeah. stick. Yeah. Comedy <laughs> with a stick. Did you know watching Robin that he was... I mean, everybody did, yeah? I mean, could you just tell? I mean, I guess you know, uh, Mitzi put you guys in a group like that. I guess you can just see Yeah, well, he was he was royalty. You know, he was royalty, and Richard was royalty. And then there were, like, every once in a while, Rodney would stop in, and then there were still guys like Belzer, who was almost burnt out at the time because he was kind of, you know, did drugs and stuff like yeah. that. But but then him getting on the, the show Homicide on the Street, uh, he played that character Munch for like I think twenty years on three different TV shows, but it was cool to watch guys like him. I mean, he inspired so many comedians. Belzer, you know, yeah. there's that whole "Hey, babe, how's it going?" You know, that whole attitude kind of right. comic. 
Um, and then you'd see the New York guys that would come out that that uh, you know maybe didn't start at the store but were already established at the clubs in the city. You know that would come in from time like Gilbert. You know it was great to watch Gilbert. You know back then. And uh, please tell me, you, please tell me you have a Gilbert impression. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Listen, I directed him. In th I directed him in three movies, and he, he and he and he doesn't know my name. He he would never. Gilbert what? doesn't say people's oh, names. Are you? Like when he's on Howard, he doesn't go Howard. How about he just talks to you? He just like starts to talk. What if you know? Not like hey Harry or hey what if I you know? So, uh, but he just makes me cry, man. He makes oh, he's me cry laughing. Yeah, yeah, and he's he, so funny. He's always been that. I mean, caricature-y He's of a, a little, he's quiet off stage. You know, now he's married and he's got two beautiful children. And, uh, but he was into porn and just was into kind of like, you know, sick kind of shit. I love know? babysitter porn. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or POV. Uh, did, uh, did you have like the, the way that we do now at comedy clubs and just, I mean, and even like, you know, which has been fun when we do Vegas to like do karaoke in the green room and hang. Like, what were your hangs like at the comedy store? Like, well, it was always, it was always the store. Uh, uh, you know, that was the place. Like, I didn't go on the road too much because. I made so much money off of Mitzi. Mm -hmm. So between, um, I mean, you know, I would call in for, uh, you know, spots and I could make 900 bucks for the week. So I'd stay in town and be able to go up for things. Yeah. Today you got to go on the road. Like I always say to guys, I even remember saying this to Theo Vaughn. I worked with Theo in, uh, in Tahoe, like maybe eight years ago and he was mm -hmm. featuring for me and I said man you're, you're great just stick in town stay in town go up for shit stay in town for pilot season get you know get TV work the road will always be there go on the road when you've got more credits and you make more money you don't have to be doing it all the time I've seen so many guys that I love that I always called young comics and they're already hitting 40 and they've never gotten their shot yet I mean they've done TV, some TV because they did the road so much, because, huh? and they're mm. still doing it. And I'm like, man, you know, you you gotta you gotta be in town. You gotta go. I mean, you know, go up for stuff. And and you it may not be one agent. It may be three agents that you have. I and mean, it was yeah. like that back in the day. I'd always find somebody that was great at stand up. And you go, fuck, they're not getting me up for any sitcoms, right? It is a trade-off. I or, mean, you or, totally... Yeah, or, you or movies. I wanted to go up for movies. I mean, you know, you know Adam Devine, that's the way he's done it, where mm. just getting all the, the acting stuff and then stand-up now. But also, that's not everybody. Not everybody can, can you know, seven years into stand-up, get a show, and then have that lead to everything so that they can just kind of stay right. away from the road. But, like, you know, the first time I auditioned for uh, Kirby Enthusiasm, I was on the road, and, and, and they asked me to come in, and, and I was texting with Jeff Garland, and I was like, God, is like is there any, like do you think this will like do you know what what's going on i was just like what should i do i'm in kansas city i just got here and he goes dude this that's just one of the risks of um and gambles of doing the road like sometimes yeah. you miss out on shit he's like so you have to ask yourself do you like is it worth it like sometimes you just got to be around for a while because opportunities in this business are so uncertain and they're gonna come when they come and i i not to pat myself on the back but i'm the coolest fucking booker when it comes to shit like that like i've got you know brett ernst has got a tv show so he can't do the show monday and he can't do the show sunday and this just mm -hmm. came about the other day chris red was booked in vegas 
and he got SNL. They yeah. said he's up for SNL. No one's allowed to know this, but if he doesn't get it, can he still keep the gig? And I kept waiting, you know, like Monday, I'll fill someone in. I'll fill, I waited and I said, I'll wait all the way to Thursday. Don't worry about it. Wow. And he wound up getting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really cool like that. And I remember. You've helped me out a couple of times. I remember like that. guys, uh, I remember like bookers that were just pricks about shit like that, yeah. you know? And, and, and one thing that the bookers don't understand is that, no, no, you want me to go do that TV show, yeah. so I'll reschedule with you and when i come back i'll i'll have a little heat on yeah, me and i'll yeah. and i'll make you even more money I, but. I say that about him all the time i said you don't understand this kid's gonna hit and then he yeah. we'll have to be paying him a lot more money but he'll be loyal and he'll play us about or, who me or yeah or we'll put oh, him in the theater percent. or oh, anything yeah. like that you know yeah, and i think remember. about that with guys or with with acts like that because bob keppard who had the the comedy stop mm-hmm. there were guys that were hitting it and they would get to the, the sh- a show and he would go, well, no, you got to mention us. He goes, but I'm not, but, you know, and, and he would just be a real prick about it. So as soon as these guys hit, they never went back to his club again, you know, yeah. and he'd lose them. Yeah. You know, he thought it was all about him, you know. Now, like you, you, you saw obviously the comedy boom in the 80s. Uh, I, I think we're in a comedy oh, boom totally. right now. Okay. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and from someone who saw it in the 80s, yeah, like. We haven't seen the, the original boom, so we yeah. don't know yeah. what to compare to. Um. Well, like I said, the gr- the great thing about then is though you could do something, you know, you could do one TV appearance and have your own special. You do, uh, uh, I mean, I was in uh, Montreal with uh, uh, Tim Allen oh, when nice. he got, he got a Showtime special and then he got his ABC deal from Montreal. Wow. You know, and you, you'd see guys just kill it and, and you go, oh, they're the next big thing. The one guy that I always remembered being like, oh, he's a superstar. Everyone knew Jim Carrey was going to be uh, yeah. uh, a monster. But he had this act. He had this act, this impressionist act. And he would do singing impressions and he would close with On Golden Pond and he would get standing ovations. And it was this great, like, Vegas y kind of act. And then he wound up getting, you know, his own show, The Duck Factory. Mm-hmm. He did a few movies, but it didn't really happen for him. And Kennison gave him a hard time. Ah, you're doing that Fred Travelina shit. So Jim threw away this standing ovation act that he could open for anybody that he wanted mm-hmm. and was just going on stage and just doing shit and dying and bombing. And the comics would watch from the back of the room and go, oh my God, he is so brave. We all knew how talented he was. Yeah, so but you he, were recognizing the bravery. We you were going, like, oh, oh he's my lost God, it. he's doing this. He's talking out of his ass. Like the, the thing that he did. Nace uh, Ventura. Yeah, yeah, that came from him talking about uh, the Rodney King trial and the cops, I forgot one of the cops that got off of the beating. He says, oh, you see him on the news. It's like he's talking out of his ass. And he turns around and he starts doing the bit, you know. Uh, so you're seeing Jim just shopping. You know, I remember Jeff Altman says, oh, my God, don't you get the idea that he's just shopping up there? He doesn't know where it's going to come from. Mm-hmm. And then he wound up doing a movie called Earth Girls Are Easy. Yep, yep. With Jeff Goldblum Damon and, and Damon Wayans. Yep. And then... Damon and him became really tight on that, and as a matter of fact, they uh, they went to Jeff Goldblum's acting class, and he kicked them out because they were like little kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 and to Jim, be in that class, and Jim right. does no Jim kidding. does a great impression of him. You know, of uh, Goldblum, of Goldblum. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, whatever. You know, uh, that kind of energy. Uh, and, uh, and, and he kicked them out of the class. He kicked them out of the class, and then uh, Damon wound up getting on in living color which uh you know keenan created mm-hmm. and was going to be on and they wanted a white guy 
and I, I auditioned for it and I learned my lesson from SNL. I went in with all these impressions right. and everything and they were great. They were asking, they brought me back. And I remember I, I was in Vegas, so I had to fly back to do the gig and somebody's going, how did your audition going? Oh man, I really think I got it. This is going to be great. And from the other room I hear, well, what are you up for? And I said, oh, there's a show called The Living Color. And it's Jim Carrey. I was working with him that week. He goes, oh, man, I'm up for that, too. And I'm going, oh, uh, yeah. you, got, you got it. Bye you bye. fucking got it. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. You're like, damn it. They, yeah, because they're probably only going to have one white guy. <laughs> I was also with Jim Carrey another week. We went and saw Batman, uh, the original Batman with uh, um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. And uh, we came out of it, and we were all like, I think the Funny Boys was uh, with us as well, Jonathan Schmock and Jim Valerie, who is a showrunner. I think he, uh, Arrested Development, Jim, Jim Valerie was the uh, showrunner, that brilliant writer. And we're all high, and we're talking about it, and Jim is doing Nicholson, and you could just see he's really into, like, he was just impressed with this thing. And then years later, to see that he wound up being the Joker or a villain, you know, oh, in a Batman yeah. movie. But I remember he, he talked about going to see the movie in Vegas with some comics on the press junket you know uh and just how he just loved the character and would you know love to get in the head of a villain i mean he definitely sure uh, you know and everything he's done i mean like the highest level of commitment you know like to where like <laughs> he, liar liar nobody could do that but he him. has so many buttons that he can press and make himself do something like you know like you know when you see an actor does this one performance and they go i never knew i had it in me or the director brought it out yeah of me. jim has so many levels he can do so much he can sing he can dance he could do drama he could do all kinds yeah, look of at the comedy mask. that's oh. crazy to go from the mask to like eternal sunshine like yeah that's yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah 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 for anybody that like i have a real hard time with people that that forget so many great things and focus on one thing they don't like and use that mm. to judge like like whether it was like I think he did a movie called like Number Twenty Three or the yeah, or yeah. Mister Popper's it was Penguins. a thriller it was a thriller something that they're like oh Jim Carrey's like I'm like dude can you focus on the billions of things that he's right. done that have been well, incredible I th I I I'm enjoying I'm really enjoying I'm dying up here you know yeah, uh, yeah. because well you lived I, it <laughs> I lived it and and I I mean I came after that but it's just great that I that there's a show about that I like I like you know and there's some characters that are not that likable you know mm -hmm. and and the melissa leah character i mean i keep thinking of mitzi but mitzi was funny you know they, yeah. they everything yeah, she's, they cut to, hard, she's hard and she's always counting money and smoking cigarettes you know mm -hmm. uh but i i love seeing that and i'm really excited to see the gym develop something because jim has never really developed his own projects mm -mm. like you know jim uh like uh, even eddie murphy had his own production company so they'd find you know projects for him and that's how you can do really good things like billy crystal created a lot of yeah. his best stuff I, I would have liked to have seen jim do more of that because he's so talented but you know again you sometimes you may not have the head for that you know mm -hmm. to, to you know robin didn't robin robin developed one project and it was mrs doubtfire you know oh so he would just get he would just get cast and the amazing thing about robin is uh you know robin all of his hits were drama you yeah know, uh good will hunt yeah uh but even before that you know uh, moscow on the hudson yeah. uh garp there's there were always comedic overtones even Fisherman, even King. good morning vietnam had some of his stand-up persona yeah. in there but it was a drama it was a 
you know, comedy drama, dramedy. How did you guys uh, view him when you saw him doing that? Were you? In the oh, everyone community? knew he was just a brilliant actor. Yeah. You know, uh, you weren't like, uh, what's he doing? But to his, but his comedies were stupid. You know, like he did one with uh, with Kurt Russell where they they tried to relive a, a football game. He did one called Volunteers with uh, Walter Matthau, uh, Club Paradise. He, uh, you know, he, they couldn't find a comedy that worked for him. Mrs. Doubtfire was the first bona fide comedy robin williams comedy and then yeah. the bird cage and then other movies he, he worked you know uh, but he was just such a great actor you know uh, when you uh when you co-wrote ladybugs right yeah yeah which when you told me that like hey man god i love that movie i've up. seen and been a part of a lot of cool things that's in the top five when you told me i remember we were driving to press and in my mind that's no joke one of my top 10 favorite movies that's fucking oh, crazy. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So, you know what's funny about that is uh, uh, before Jimmy Fallon had his new show, when he had his old show that mm -hmm. was on late at night, he had, he, had, uh, he had Oliver Stone on and they were talking about a project. And he goes, what about comedy? He goes, what's your, do you like comedies? He goes, oh, I love comedies. What's your favorite you know, comedy? He goes, well, you're going to laugh when I say this. And he goes, Ladybugs, right? Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> with Rodney Dangerfield, he goes, yeah, I love that movie. And, uh, you know, I was going to do another movie with Rodney called yep. Meet Wally Sparks. Yeah. I was going to direct it. And that's another one that I wrote. Yeah. So I was with uh, Jackson Purdue. We were playing the, the comedy Jackson. store in La Jolla. And he goes, I'm watching fucking Oliver Stone just mention two of your movies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but, that's insane. Uh, well, like... Uh, Ladybugs was so great, and if you don't know the movie, uh, Rodney is a, a girl's soccer coach. It's very like, if you liked The Mighty Ducks, mm -hmm. just know that the, the Mighty Ducks is a ripoff of Ladybugs, only instead of hockey, or instead of soccer, it's hockey, and instead of girls, it's boys. Well, well it's the same thing. Yeah, well, what, you know, and it's also a little bit of Bad News Bears in there, and, uh, and it's a farce, but uh, it was produced by Albert Ruddy, who produced mm -hmm. The Godfather and Million Dollar Baby, Jeez. and uh, the longest, <laughs> the original Longest Yard yeah, yeah, Cannibal yeah. Run, right? So, uh, and I got to join the Writers Guild from that movie. So it was originally a script uh, that he had developed and then it got to Rodney and Rodney Harry what do you think of this and I had all these ideas and these set pieces so we got hired to rewrite the script mm -hmm. and turn it into the Rodney Dangerfield movie and um, uh, so I got here I am working with Al Ruddy the producer of The Godfather Gray Fredrickson producer of Godfather 1, 2, 3 you know line producer and I'm working with these great people and I'm, jo uh, uh, um, I'm joining the Writers Guild and the kid who was the star uh, Jonathan Brandis who was a wonderful actor it was unbelievable it was between him and another actor another good-looking kid that we loved and Roddy and I had the pictures up on the wall he was staying at the Beverly Hilton Hotel at the time and the other kid was fantastic too but he was when he did the girly voice his voice was you know a little high and it wasn't as funny cartoony. as yeah. Jonathan Brandis had a deep voice and it was hard for him to hide that and we thought that was hysterical so we passed on the other kid Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> oh! yeah Oh. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, I remember him doing an interview where he says that a lot of the parts that he lost out to, those two actors are now dead, River Phoenix and uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Brandis. So what you're saying is that Leonardo DiCaprio killed Jonathan Brandis <laughs> and, and River Phoenix. He I heard you he was, heard it here first. Uh, listen, Harry I he, Basil starts the conspiracy. I heard he was really bummed that he didn't get the part. He really wanted the part. He was on Growing Pains at the time. And then cut to like you know a couple months later, he gets uh, Boy's Life. With uh, this boy's life, whatever wow. with De Niro. So I mean, that let just that be a lesson to all you gorgeous young boys. Yeah, if you're yeah, out yeah. there and you think one job is it. It might, you know, there's another one coming around the corner. And yeah. it seemed a little. Those were the true growing pains. It seemed a little gay that we had these two like <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Which know, hard throb because these kids, the two of them were on the cover of every teeny Teen bop, Teen yeah, B, yeah, yeah. all that Tiger stuff. B. Yeah, yeah, you and, and the girl was uh, Vanessa Shaw, who wound up doing a lot of movies. She was the prostitute in Eyes Wide Shut, uh, walking on the street. Remember oh, that? Geez. And then she yeah. was in. She was in. Um, Oh, the hills have eyes. She's the you know the daughter that gets killed in in the uh, right in, in the that's Winnebago. Gotta be, yeah. It's gonna be insane for you to watch those movies then. Well, it's <laughs> it's wild when you see you know people that like we passed and and meet Wally Sparks. We passed uh, for uh, the governor's daughter. We passed on Hillary Swank. You know, uh, hmm. you know, and we just because. She so basically, a, what you're trying to say is, if Harry Basil doesn't cast, well, no, you in that a movie, happens all yeah, the yeah. time. That you will get an Oscar one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think when Leo went back to the set of Growing Pains that somebody said to him like, "Hey, just these these are the Growing Pains, Leo, that you're gonna have to go through." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you do so many great impressions, and yeah. we uh, we end uh, our pods um, uh, with uh, when we have uh, this at our disposal by prank calling uh, a Thai restaurant that I order from. Oh, really? Uh, in one of uh, your many brilliant impressions. So, first oh, of all, well, let's let me see. Well, go through. Let's. I mean, give us like. Uh, well, I need some do. water. I'm a little. Uh, of course, I'm a little dehydrated here. Yeah. So, so tell, tell our listeners the yeah. impressions that you enjoyed. Like, I mean, start listening to the ones you can do, and then the ones that you love to do, and we'll narrow it down from there. Well, this one I can't do anymore because he's dead. But uh, I, <laughs> I once called up Frank Sinatra as Jerry Lewis, and I, I got him on the phone. He was Get over out. at Bally's. He was at Bally's. But I do Jerry like the older Jerry, the genius. Yeah. The telethon Jerry. So I right. called Bally's. And I remember I was playing the Dunes, the comedy store, and uh, I call over and I go, could I have the dressing room, please, Frank Sinatra's dressing room? And they're like, oh, who is this? This is Jerry Lewis. I was there last week with the little black Jew lady. Come on, get me Frank, you know? And, and I wound up getting all the way through. And that was a fun voice, but I'm trying to think of who can I do? <clears throat> I sound like Michael Vincent Gazzo right now from, from Godfather. I was in the olive oil. Michael Corleone did this. Michael Corleone did that. I said, yeah, sure. It's you do De Niro, right? I do, yeah, but that's more face. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. more of a face thing, you know? Um, I don't really uh, <clears throat> have that voice down. Here. Yeah, I know that uh, on, one of the, on one of the television specials, you opened up uh, reading... Uh, 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 children's books as Arnold. Arnold, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still do that, but now listen, this that is the thing. I haven't, you know, you know, I'm still directing. I, I'm writing a movie right now. I'm oh. uh, Love It Second Bite for George Hamilton. You know, oh, uh, Ashley, yeah. Oh. So, and I'm hoping to get attached as director. And we're really like tomorrow's like a joke punch up day. I'm going over to George's and for you. I'm oh, hoping shit. I get connected. But if anything, it's it's cool to just see the movie get made. You know, and and uh, Fuck yeah. being 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 a writer a writer on it and all. Do you so love I'm that process? Doing, I yeah, I still love making movies and and doing all that kind of stuff but the, the club stuff is fun too because i get to hang with guys and see talent if i do get directed there's a great part that uh that i want the two of you guys to play well and, a thousand and ten percent <laughs> are you kidding me done and done verbally yeah. committing there's a scene where dracula is walking down hollywood boulevard and uh and uh he a gets mis- he gets mistaken as a as a character like oh. somebody wants to take a picture with him you know and give him five dollars <sighs> and two other street characters are pissed off because they think he's working their corner <laughs> And one's dressed like the Wolfman, and the other's dressed like Dracula. And there's a like a a, a whole big set piece. That oh, happens. so he like, wants to with, fight Dracula? Yeah, done, fight done, Dracula, and done. then he fucking uses his powers on you, and you know, uh, yeah, you know beats the shit out of I've you. I've done a movie before. No, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, let me see. Who the hell can I do? Uh, yeah, I mean, you were doing, uh, uh, you were doing to, uh, Tony Montaigne over uh, er, earlier. Our face. <clears throat> Could be good. Hello, <laughs> this is Hannibal Lecter. I'd like to order some Thai food. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Maybe we'll do that one. Yeah, you want to do that one? Yes. All right. Okay. All right. I'm gonna call and then I'm gonna hand you the phone. and We're gonna put it on speakerphone. Yeah, and just know that we give this 
we give this Thai place a lot of business, so don't worry about it. Hello. I'd like to place an order, please. This is Hannibal Lecter. Do you have fava beans? I would like to place an order. A Thai order. One of your waiters, please. Hello, Clarice. Yes? Clarice. That awful, that awful screaming of the lambs. Do you have lamb? Yes, have chicken lime. Do you have lamb? Lime? No, we don't. Lamb. Raw lamb, please. Lamb? You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a rube. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> Szechuan chicken. Um, I guess uh, pad thai. And uh, chicken. Uh, hello, Clarice. Go, go back to agent. Go back, agent Stalling. Fly back. Fly, 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 fly. <laughs> Do you take credit cards? <laughs> yes. Are you guys really placing an order? Oh. <laughs> you guys. You guys oh, are wow. mean. You guys are no, mean. Hey, hey, we didn't say business. Oh, you do give them You got a pad tie that's rolled through this apartment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, More that pad was tie than ladies, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, Rodney, I just want to say one last thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. Rodney loved little people. You know, he liked oh, to, did he really? Yeah, he loved to do jokes about them, and he sure. loved to use them in his movies. Uh, the opening scene, Ladybugs, is, a, man, yep. we need a fuck, and I got to say the M word. That's man, fine. we need a fucking midget, okay? He said We got to put a midget in this scene, all right? And then we wind up doing another movie. We had Tony Cox and then Back yeah, by Midnight. Yeah, so good. And Bad, Back by Midnight is a real stupid comedy I directed and wrote with Rodney, but it has like Christy Allen in it and uh, Randy Quaid. And I put a wow. ton of comics. It's like Harlan Williams is fucking hysterical in the movie and Tony Cox is in the movie. And uh, we wrote this line where he, Rodney's in a restaurant with Tony Cox and Nell Carter. It was the last thing Nell Carter did. She was a, wa- a waitress. And Rodney's the warden of a prison. And what he's doing is he sends all of his inmates out to steal things to fix up the prison. But they're robbing it from the warden. He owns a chain of department stores. So he takes the guard out. And the guard doesn't know about it. And Rodney's in a restaurant. And he's like stalling. And, and, and Tony Cox is a sweet little guy. And he's, he was in uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beat yep. up, uh, beat up Jim Carrey with the nunchucks. Right. Anyway, so Rodney wrote this line, and uh, 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 Rodney keeps ordering things. Nell Carter's pissed off, and then it comes time for him to do a line. He goes, "Ma'am, when you get a chance, could I just have a glass of water?" Uh, Tony Cox says, and Nell Carter looks at him and says, "Now, don't you start, you, you, you half a motherfucker." <laughs> And Rodney's like, man, it's the funniest fucking line in the movie, okay? And then we did a test screening, and someone said it was mean, so they what? cut it out. Of, they cut it out. Oh, of yeah. That's uh, I, I, wow. I, I would be honored to be called ha- uh, half a motherfucker. <laughs> but it was just to think we're the PC. But he gave her the line reading: "You, you, you, half, you, half a motherfucker." <laughs> I love that. Uh, 
I feel like we've just scratched the surface. So mm. next time you're back in LA, you just gotta we, oh. you gotta come on. I mean, this yeah, we'll do it again. An hour and change flew by. So thank you so much, guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. I love your all your work, and uh, I listen to a couple of the shows too. And you guys do a great job. Oh, great. Well, thanks. Well, thanks. And, yeah, yeah. And if you guys are in Vegas, go to the Laugh Factory. Uh, go uh, go inside inside the Tropicana. It's the best club in all, town. Always good shows. Two shows a night. Hell, if, if you're there on a the night that Rich Little is there, you can see Rich Little and then whoever the headline. Yeah, we, we got we got Brett. <laughs> you can see half a mother. <laughs> Red Ernst is in Vegas this week, but I'm okay. playing the uh, Reno. Uh, if oh, anyone good. in Reno want to come see me, I'm going to be there Tuesday, yeah. no- uh, November 7th through uh, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Go right. see Harry Live. Silver Legacy. Like we said, oh, yeah. you will never be bored. Oh, thanks. You're, you're, you're never just sitting there going like, well, this guy's eating shit. Like, you, you'll never say yeah, that if you're at a Harry Basil show. Oh, thank you. And the Trop, too, and not just the, the club. I mean, it's great that, like, I mean, last time I was there, they opened that beach club and 50 Cent was there, and it's like, it's turning into, like, oh, now wow. a, a younger spot which is yeah. really great not yeah, only for the cool comedy restaurant we got a cool new restaurant too and i just like went that. to it yeah uh, uh the um robert, robert irvine yeah. yeah yeah i ate there three times when i was there it was <laughs> it was really good so good yeah good good bar too they got a lot of beers yep. and stuff. yeah yeah so go uh uh get get buddy listen and go to la factory <laughs> on hollywood buddy and we need the people to come to la factory long beach <laughs> Yeah. On La Factory Chicago, buddy. Tell we them about website, show. buddy. Listen, and listen, <laughs> buddy. There's more than one way to shave a cat. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.